0: Welcome to The Warrior Within the Woman. I'm your host, Pastor Lauren Daniel, and today we're going to hear what God has to say about having a wall experience. Now, that might be something confusing or even just an odd expression, but I want to take you to Isaiah chapter 38, verse one through eight. In those days, Hezekiah became ill and was at the point of death. The prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, Went to him and said, This is what the Lord says Put your house in order because you are going to die. You will not recover. Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord Remember, Lord, how I have walked before you faithfully and with wholehearted devotion, and have done what is good in your eyes. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Then the word of the Lord came to Isaiah. Go and tell Hezekiah, this is what the Lord, the God of your father, David, says. I have heard your prayer and seen your tears. I will add 15 years to your life. And I will deliver you in this city from the hand of the king of Assyria. I will defend this city. This is the Lord's sign to you that the Lord will do what he has promised. I will make the shadow cast by the sun go back the 10 steps it has gone down. So the sunlight went back the 10 steps it had gone down. Today I want to talk to you about a situation that this man of God was in. He had trusted God. He had walked with God faithfully, but he was sick. He had become ill to the point that he was going to die. And so God sends a prophet to Hezekiah to tell him that his sickness is going to overcome him. Now, I don't know about you, but if God were to come to you and say you're going to die of a sickness, that would be pretty straightforward, right? I mean, if we're going to get to the nitty gritty, I mean, if God says the sickness is going to overcome you, this is what's going to happen. You know, that is something that is going to be definite, right? If God's telling you this. And so Isaiah comes to Hezekiah and he's telling him this, listen, you are sick and you're going to die from this. And Hezekiah begins to weep bitterly and he goes to God. With a heart that is at the point of desperation. God, I know that you're telling me the truth. I know that this sickness is real in my body. I know that this illness is gonna kill me. But I also know that you are able to heal me. You are able to take care of this situation, even though the truth of the matter is physically and in the natural, this sickness is going to overcome me. I know that you alone, Lord God, are able to take care of me. You may be listening to me today and it feels like this is your last chance. You're at the lowest point in your life and if the miracle doesn't happen, you don't know if you'll make it. That the truth of the matter is that in the natural, you're dying or or you feel like you're at the end of your rope. I'm here to tell you that God hears your prayers, that you matter so much to him, that the prayers of his people matter so much to him, that the fervent prayer of the righteous matters to God and it is able to move and change his mind. But see, today our situation and the lives that we're living, it requires a wall experience. A wall experience. The first thing that is required in a wall experience is desperation to ask God of the impossible. There is something about the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous that will move God and change his mind. When Isaiah came to Hezekiah and told him That he was gonna die. Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and had an experience with God that was so deep, that was so fervent. That it changed the mind of God. It changed the situation. It changed the sickness that was very real in his body that was going to kill him. But the desperation that Hezekiah had to put his face to the wall and ask God for a miracle. And before Isaiah could even leave, before the prophet of God could even walk away from the situation, God had added 15 years Hezekiah's life. Hallelujah. There is something about the prayers of God's people. If you're sitting in a room today, if you're sitting in your car and you feel like nobody is hearing your cries, that nobody understands what you're going through, can I tell you woman of God that he sees you That he sees you and he hears you and he knows what you're going through and that the tears that you're crying and the prayers that you're praying are reaching heaven's gates, are reaching the throne room of God that he hears you and that your prayers are not going unnoticed. Hezekiah had walked with God faithfully and he was not going to let this be his end. And before the prophet of God could walk away, God had changed his mind because of Hezekiah's prayer. Three measures of grace were added to his life because of the prayers he prayed, the prayer that he prayed to God. See, today I want you to tell the devil right now that you are about to have a wall experience. That nothing that's happening in your body physically, nothing that's happening in your mind right now, nothing that's happening in your circumstances or around you, no matter what the doctors say to you, it is not going to prevent you from seeking God with every single ounce of your being to have an experience, an encounter with God that is going to change the face of your situation situation. It's time for us to turn our face to the wall. God is about to reverse some things for someone. God is about to change something in your life. God is about to turn the tables of the situation you've been dealing with for years, the situations you've been dealing with for months. God is about to change it. God is about to reverse it. I speak and declare and decree an immediate turnaround in the name of Jesus. A situation that has looked and sounded utterly hopeless. And yet against all odds, this man turned his face to the wall and prayed. He had a wall experience. He was so desperate for an answer. He was at the end of his rope. When God tells you, whenever he gets a word from God saying this sickness is going to kill you. I mean, that's about it. There is no... Plan B, plan C, in the natural. But can I tell you, when you go to war in the spirit, whenever you seek God in the spirit, the things in the natural have to come to the command of God Almighty. There is something about the prayers of God's people. God heard Hezekiah's prayer. Prayer changes things, woman of God. Prayer changes your battle warrior of God. Prayer touches the heart of God and moves the hand of God. You got any rivers you think are impassable? Got any mountains you can't tunnel through? God specializes in the impossible. Today, I want to encourage you that no matter what giant you're facing, God is still the God of the impossible. He is still the same God that has proven himself yesterday, is still the same God today. The God that has promised you things for the future is still the same God today. He can do what no other power can do. He can change the tides of the ocean. He can stop the sun in its tracks. God is able to do the impossible. And if the prayers of his people, the fervent, effectual prayer of the righteous will reach his ear, things will turn around. It is never too late to pray. Even in the darkest and most desperate moments of your life, it's not too late to pray even after every negative report even when the people have given up on you if all you have to stand on are the promises of God in his word then keep standing if all you can do is just keep believing in the promise of, uh, promises of God in his word keep believing if all you can do is keep trusting keep trusting because it because it is never too late to pray God will turn it around. God is faithful. He is faithful. Today I want to share with you a story, a a testimony of my son, my son Matthias Alexander. (laughs) We call him Xander for short, but he is um, three years old and a little firecracker. (laughs) Um, And... When we were praying for a child, it took us a quite a long time to conceive and it was difficult in that time. It was hard to trust God because I had seen visions of me holding a baby. I, I God had promised me my child and so it took us months upon months upon months to conceive and I know many out there are probably dealing with more difficult infertility, maybe a diff- more difficult situation, and I'm not here to tell you that I'm in the same shoes as you, not not at all. But when I was able to conceive, whenever I found out I was pregnant, I was overjoyed. I was so happy. Our families were happy, and and it was within the first week I was going to the doctor to find out my hormone levels and everything, and to make sure the baby is growing, you know, and and many of you that have been pregnant or are mothers understand what I'm talking about, and when I went to the doctor, my levels had dropped dramatically, and at that moment, I had no idea what that was, I had no idea what that meant, and I was getting ready to go out of town for a wedding I was in and i wasn't going to be able to see my doctor till two week for two weeks and the nurse that was on the phone with me when she called me to give me my levels i told her what you know what can i do what what am i able to do about this is there something i can do and she told me most likely you are miscarrying your child but there's really nothing you can do we will just see you in 2 weeks. Now, if you've ever been told that before, that is heart-wrenching. To think that the very miracle I had prayed for, I was getting ready to miscarry, you know? I and and this this person on the other side of the phone, at first I was extremely scared and then I was angry, you know? <laughs> who would say that to someone, you know, who, how would you, why would she say that to me? And all the while, you know, it was literally out of my hands. I was going out of town. My doctor um, wasn't really going to, you know, they weren't going to do anything. And, and whenever I found this out, he called me and he said, listen, I'm going to give you some medication and it's going to help. But he said, if it's too far along, in the miscarrying process, I, this medicine won't save it. it. It will happen. And so at that point, I was hopeless. I felt hopeless that I was going to miss the very, I was going to miscarry the very miracle God had promised me that I had prayed for so fervently. And so I got the medication and I was um, doing what I was supposed to do. And then when we went out of town, I was so overcome with anxiety and I remember God telling me to trust him. And I know it's very easy to say those words when you're not in that situation. (laughs) But in that moment, I don't know, but I felt a peace about myself that just came over me. And I just knew that it was going to be okay. That no matter what happened, I was at peace with it and that God was in control because he was the one That started this life. It was not me. It wasn't any type of ability that I had or lack thereof that was causing this, but that he had created it and that he was going to sustain me. And so as the week went on, you know, I continued taking my medication and I was still worried. I would be lying to you to say that I was, I did not still have moments of worry, but I was at peace with it. And two weeks later, I Come in and the doctor takes my blood work and he um said, you know, the the levels are moving up, you're okay, the baby's all right. And so at that moment I was like, okay, God has proven his faithfulness again, once again to me, and I was so thankful for that. But you know, woman of God, if you're listening to me today and you're going through something and, and it doesn't even have to be a specific thing as pregnancy, but God has put something, a promise inside of you and that he wants you to know today that even though the enemy tells you, you're going to miscarry it. Even if the enemy tells you that it's going to stop, that this promise is not going to be birthed through you. I want you to know that the enemy may try. But he will fail. He may try to kill that promise, but he will fail. Ultimately, he will fail because God is in control. That God has created that promise inside of you. God has given you that dream and that vision that is inside of your heart. And no matter what it is, even if it's not specifically a baby, but he has given you something that he wants you to hold on to and to trust him with it. That if he gave it to you, he will see it through. And so at that moment, you know, I I still struggled throughout my pregnancy. um, Not as much until towards the end of my pregnancy with my son. And I had no symptoms of preeclampsia whatsoever. I was healthy. I was doing great. And all of a sudden, I start having preeclamptic symptoms. I start having all of them. My blood pressure was skyrocketing. It was um, at the point of really harmful to my body. And at that moment, I began to get scared. Is this what's going to happen? Am I going to carry this all the way? And is it going to be taken from me? And God reminded me I've been with you from the beginning. I'm not going to change. I'm not changing, Lauren. So trust me. So whatever you are holding on today to whatever dream, whatever vision, whatever promise God has proclaimed over your life, whatever you are carrying that you're afraid will not be birthed inside of you, not be birthed in your ministry or your family, or in in what you want to happen for your life, do not let the devil, do not let him get in your mind and lie to you and tell you, oh, look, it's going to happen. These are the symptoms. These are what's going to happen. I'm going to take it from you. Because no matter what he tries, no matter what he tries, every single situation is in God's hands. And I saw from the very beginning of my child's life From the moment I found out I was pregnant, Satan has tried to take him from me. Satan has tried his best to worry me and make me feel discouraged and scared and anxious. But God has sustained me. God has given me peace. God has shown me from the beginning that when someone and something is so threatening to the enemy, he is going to try every which way to discourage you. He's going to try to kill it. He's going to try to destroy that dream inside of you. He's going to try to destroy The promise of healing in your body. But I want you to know today, sister, warrior of God, God is not done with you yet. And there is nothing that can happen that doesn't come through his hands first. Trust him. Trust him with your life. Trust him with that promise. So after my son was born, he was born early and we both had health problems. We were in and out of the hospital for the first month a few times. I had a lot of health issues afterwards. Um, he was small and jaundiced. And, but God was still faithful. God was still faithful. God showed me every single time I was worried. Every time that the enemy would creep in and tell me he was going to take my child. I was determined. I was desperate enough to trust God with everything, to trust him. Because at that point, it was out of my hands. When you have children, when you have something, you realize even more so as a mother or father that it is truly out of your hands. Everything is truly out of your hands. You cannot expect every good or bad thing to happen. You can't. Life happens. And so at five weeks old, my son was diagnosed with pyloric stenosis. And that is just simply his stomach was not emptying. And he was from three weeks on as his his body was growing, he was not taking on any food. He was just and so he was losing weight. And so the day that the doctor came in and said, I know exactly what this is. And we're going to send you to Cincinnati Children's Hospital and he's going to have a procedure done tomorrow. You know, your heart sinks once again. But at that moment, I knew that if God was faithful through when my hormones were dropping and everyone told me I was going to miscarry to the moment when we had health issues and I had to deliver him early to this moment, God had shown me time and time again that the very promise he gave me to birth he was going to take care of it. And as we're standing in Cincinnati Children's Hospital Room, and I'm in tears, I can hear God so clearly tell me, Lauren, have I not been faithful? And I said, yes, God, you've been faithful. And he said, then trust me. And then he says, Lauren, Lauren, have I not been faithful to you all these years? And I said, Yes, God, you've been faithful. So he said, and he says, The same faithful God and the same faithful father that you have seen, I am going to show you your son because I am the God to all generations. And in that moment, I felt kind of like Hezekiah in the moment when I felt like all was lost. I could feel courage rising up within me knowing that God was going to prove faithful to my son. And that at five weeks old, he was already going to have a testimony of God's faithfulness and God's healing power and God's wisdom being given to doctors and surgeons that knew what they were going to do. There is something inside of you that Satan is threatening to kill that has tried to kill multiple times in your life or even in the last few weeks or months. But I'm here to tell you what God has given you, what God has placed inside of you That is meant for you to birth the promise and the calling on your life. Satan can threaten all he wants. Satan can point out all the symptoms and all of the issues and all your health problems. He can threaten all he wants. But what I have learned is he doesn't come after anybody he's not threatened of. See, Satan is threatened by you. You are an obstacle in his way. You are so powerful enough. You are so called. You are so anointed. And you have the authority of God so much inside of you that he is scared of you. He is scared of the power and the power of the testimony that is going to come through Your situation. The second thing I want to tell you is not only do we need to get to a desperate place to ask the impossible, but we need to get to a place of determination that we will not remove our head from the wall until something happens. Hezekiah was not only desperate enough to ask God of the impossible, He was so desperate. He did not care what it sounded like to anybody else. He didn't care what his prayer sounded like around him. He was so desperate for God to move and change the situation. And he was so determined that he would not remove his head from the wall until God spoke. Hezekiah did not stop. He reminded God of who he was He reminded God of his promise God, do you see me? do you see you know I'm reminding you of my faithfulness I've stuck with you I've walked this and you have been faithful you have promised this God, and I know you are able you are more than able even though the physical realm even though right now in the physical I'm deteriorating you are able to heal. You are able to restore and you are able to birth out of me the impossible. He was so determined in his prayer that God not only added to his life, but God vowed to him that he would defend Him and his city. God is not just telling you today. He's not just reminding you of the promise. But God is telling you today, I'm not only going to add years to your life, I'm not only going to add life to what Satan has tried to destroy in the years he's taken from you. God is not only going to add to your life, but he will defend you, woman of God. He will defend you, warrior of God. When you're standing in the war and the battle, God will defend you. God will defend you. But then he goes on to promise even more and to do even more. God not only did the impossible, but he did the impossible and then some. (laughs) That's the God I serve. That is the God I serve. He not only meets the need. He not only delivers the promise, but he does it and then some. He adds to it. He not only added years to Hezekiah's life and not only promised to defend him and not let the king of Assyria take over the city, but God did the impossible. He stopped the sun and sent the sun backwards. That is how much Hezekiah meant to God. God is telling you today, warrior, that you matter so much to him that he is not only willing to add to your life. He is not only willing to restore what the enemy has stolen and tried to kill inside of you. And he is not only going to defend you against the unrighteous and defend you against the, your enemy, but he is going, he stopped the son God sees you and you are so important to him that he will go the extra mile and he will stop the earth. I don't know if anyone needs to hear this, but he will stop and send it backwards. He will change the course of time. He will change the course of your life because you matter so much to him. You matter. You matter to him. And because of Hezekiah's willingness and his determination to keep his head on the wall to have an encounter with God that was going to change him and change his life. God proved himself. God proved himself. But I want you to know today you need to beware of distraction. In Isaiah 39, if you'll read it, Hezekiah later on receives some gifts from an eni- from his enemy, another ruler, who sent him gifts learning of his illness and recovery. And these people from far off come and visit him. Let me read this to you. In Isaiah 39, verse 2, it says, Hezekiah received the envoys gladly And showed them what was in his storehouses, the silver, the gold, the spices, the fine olive oil, his entire armory, everything found among his treasures. There was nothing in his palace or in all his kingdom that Hezekiah did not show them. Then Isaiah the prophet went to King Hezekiah and asked, what did those men say and where did they come from? And in verse two, in Isaiah 39, it says Hezekiah received the the envoys gladly and showed them what was in his storehouses, the silver, the gold, the spices, the fine olive oil, his entire armory and everything found among his treasures. There was nothing in his palace or in all his kingdom that Hezekiah did not show them. Then Isaiah, the prophet went to King Hezekiah and asked, what did those men say and where did they come from? From a distant land, Hezekiah replied, they came to me from Babylon. The prophet asked, what did they see in your palace? They saw everything in my palace, Hezekiah said. There is nothing among my treasures that I did not show them. And then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, hear the word of the Lord Almighty. The time will surely come when everything in your palace and all that your predecessors have stored up until this day will be carried off to to Babylon. Nothing will be left, says the Lord. And some of your descendants, your own flesh and blood, who will be born to you will be taken away and they will become eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. You see, Hezekiah became comfortable Because God had fulfilled his promise, because God had birthed something new, because God had added years to his life, had done the impossible, Hezekiah became comfortable in this new life, in his recovered life. And today I hear God saying to you, do not get comfortable, woman of God, just because God has proven himself to you, just because he has proven the impossible and faithful to you in this last month, in this last year, if you are seeing the fruits of your labor now, do not get comfortable because the enemy is still out to kill, steal and destroy it. Be careful what you let in your home. Be careful what spirits you invite into your life. See, Hezekiah invited the enemy into his palace because the enemy sent him gifts and sent him all these things. He thought, oh, because he let his guard down and became comfortable, Hezekiah let his guard down and welcomed the enemy into his home and showed him what to steal. See, some of us are sitting here getting comfortable in our lifestyle, all the while our children are dabbling in the spirit realm. They're looking at stuff on the computer. We're allowing books and movies and things to be watched in our home. We're allowing the spirit, it, sp- these spirits and the enemy into our homes because we're comfortable and because God gave us what we wanted and because God pr- did the impossible and we're seeing the promise has been fulfilled. Our guard is down. Hezekiah welcomed the enemy in his home and he showed him what to steal. Guard who you talk to, warrior of God. Guard who you let in your home, what you let in your home, what you let your children look at and who they talk to and who they hang out with. Satan doesn't care if your kid is three or 18. Be vigilant, parents and grandparents. Some of us need to stop playing patty cake with the devil and writing it off because they're just kids. No, let me tell you something. I am an example and train up your child in the way it should go and it will not depart from these things. You know why? Trust me, I tried to depart many, many times and my mother just smacked the depart right out of me. My mama is a praying mother. She would call you on every lie out your mouth. You know, at the moment, my mother and I had a strained relationship, but you know what? Because of my parents being strict, because of my parents raising me up in the calling of God and pushing me to see God and encounter him and put my head to the wall and have an encounter and experience with God, I am who I am today. Does it make me perfect? Absolutely not. Have I failed since then? Oh, you better believe it every day every day i fail every day i need to look to god and say god change my heart look at me lord change who i am who i am and change me to be who you are god but i'm telling you parents just because god gave you the promised child doesn't mean you got to stop taking care of it now Just because the promise and the fruit has come up, come about just because you're seeing the promise in your physical life, just because God gave you the ministry leader, just because God gave you the husband, woman of God, just because he gave you the wife, man of God, doesn't mean you start uh, neglecting it. No, when the promise is fulfilled, when the impossible happens, you got to be more vigilant whenever it is birthed than before. See, I had concerns when he was growing and maturing and his organs were growing inside of him. Listen, that's that's one part of anxiety, right? We're saying, am I eating the right things? Am I doing the right things? But once he was birthed, once he was born, there is a whole child, there's a whole human being I am now responsible for. There is a whole soul I am now responsible for, so be careful what you're praying for, because if you are not vigilant enough and mature enough in the spirit to be vigilant of what your children are doing, or what you're letting in the ha- in your home, or what you're letting in your marriage, do not be so quick to pray for something you are not capable of taking care of. Whoo! I'm preaching good today. Parents, it is time we stop being parents who are the cool mom or the cool dad. You are the gatekeeper to your home, period. It does not matter if your child grows up saying you're the best mother or best father in the world. Guess what? My child will stand before God one day. And he will give an account for every decision he has made. And guess who is responsible? Not only is he going to be responsible for what he did. I am, as his mother, his father is responsible for the way he The decisions he makes, they are a whole soul, a whole human being. And leaders, do not think that God will not question you and not hold you responsible for the people you are leading. Be careful what you are praying for, because if you are not able and mature enough and spiritually mature enough to take care of it, we have to be vigilant. Women of God, be vigilant of who you are speaking to. Not everybody that calls you their bestie is going to treat you like their bestie. Sometimes they're going to look like your friend, but be a snake behind your back. Be careful. It is better to have zero besties and be you and Jesus than have a hundred besties that just tell everybody. Tell everyone your business. Be careful who are, you are letting in the storehouse. Be careful who you are showing your armory to. Be careful, warriors, who you are showing your weapons to. Because the very people you're speaking to could very well take what you're saying and use it against you later on. Be careful, be vigilant. The enemy seeks to kill, steal, and destroy. Those are his three goals. He has no other goal in mind. So that person that kind of talks about you or gossips about those people, guess what they're going to do when you walk out the room? They're going to tell somebody else about your stuff because a gossip is going to be a gossip through and through. A liar is a liar through and through. A cheater is a cheater through and through unless they get a hold of Jesus. So be vigilant. Be vigilant of who you're letting in the palace. You are the gatekeeper. And women of God, yes, our husbands that are our spouse, we are together. We are partners in this. And yes, they are the leaders of our home. But guess what? That doesn't make you less responsible for your children. And just because you take care of them doesn't make the husband less responsible. Okay. You both are leading your home. You both are responsible for what happens in your home. Don't be trying to just brush it off on him when you are lacking maturity as well. Satan does not care how old your child is. He does not care about what has happened. He does not care if this is the promised child God gave you. You are still responsible and you are still to be the gatekeeper of what is happening in your home. In verse 5 and 7 of Isaiah 39, because of Hezekiah's guard being down, the enemy would come and take his family and his possessions. So the prophet Isaiah come to him. And asks him, who are those people you just led in the palace? Hezekiah being full of pride of what God had given him and all the riches and everything. He said, oh, I showed them everything. They saw everything. They saw my armory. They saw the riches that God had blessed me with. They saw the food. They saw everything that we had. And Isaiah proclaims from the Lord. Now listen to me, child of God. The Lord is not saying to Hezekiah, oh, I'm going to do this to you. No, no, no. The Lord is telling Hezekiah what's going to happen because of his decision. God did not say, well, Hezekiah, because you let them in, I'm going to punish you. No. God said, because you let the enemy in. This is what is going to happen to your future because you let the enemy in. Not only is he going to take your possessions, he's going to take everything you showed him. He's going to take your weapons. He's going to take your armor. He's going to take everything. He's not only going to do that, but God says, listen, Hezekiah, because you let the enemy in. Not only is Babylon going to have everything that you own and all of the people, listen, how terrible is that? Because of our decisions, we could let the ministry. And the people we are leading, we could let the enemy take over because we are not being vigilant and he could take not only what you've invested, but what all the trailblazers before you have invested because of one decision, because you are not being vigilant enough and you're thinking it's just innocent. It is better to analyze everything that comes in your home rather than to think everything is innocent. But God told him, because what you let in, the devil is going to not only take your possessions, but he's going to take the people. He's going to take your people. And they're going to end up being servants in the enemy, in the enemy's land because of your lack of vigilance. Now you got, you may be thinking, oh my gosh, Lauren, this is not an encouraging word at all. No, but this is a convicting word. But let me tell you something, we serve a God of mercy. And even after what Hezekiah did, even after God doing the impossible in his life, God is still good and merciful. We go to Isaiah 40 in the next chapter where the promises of God after the captivity. Even after the enemy takes them into captivity, God is still merciful enough. But if you look in Isaiah 40 and God promises and proclaims over them that after their captivity, that this is all over. That even the sin of Hezekiah could not stop the mercy of God. And God has mercy on his people and delivers them from captivity, God's promises are good. He is a merciful Father, and even if you're look, if you're listening today and saying, Lauren, I've let the enemy in, I am so, I'm so worried. I'm, I'm I can't believe I've done this. It's okay. See, there is still time, Mother and Father and Leader. And friend, there is still time to ask God for forgiveness and ask God to have mercy upon your family and to turn the captivity around. And he will, because of the sacrifice of Jesus, we have freedom that is readily available to us as you call on the name of God and ask for forgiveness of sins. He is able and just to deliver you from the evil one. And I believe that right now. So whatever you're going through today, Do not forget to be desperate enough to ask for the impossible. Don't be afraid to be determined enough to not remove your head until God says something. And beware of distractions, warrior of God. God is wanting to do something in your life. Don't let the enemy in. Keep pushing forward. Keep pushing through. And God will have the final say. He will see it through and he will do the impossible in your life. Keep pushing. Keep your head to the wall. And God will give you an encounter like you've never felt before. And a wall experience that will change the face of your situation. Thank you for tuning in this week. I hope that this message blessed you, convicted you, and turned your heart and focus back to the one who has done the impossible and will continue doing the impossible in your life. Go forward in what God has called you to do, warrior, and don't forget to keep your head to the wall. Have a great week. God bless you. Love you, friends.